In episode 93 of MobyCast, we discussed secrets management for our cloud-native applications. We learned why we need secrets management and some of the possible solutions available to us. Now that we know the theory, it's time to put that knowledge into practice. In this episode of MobyCast, John and Chris finish their two-part series on handling secrets with cloud-native apps. We show you how to easily implement secrets management for a containerized application running on Amazon Elastic Container Service, or ECS. After this episode, you'll be a pro at keeping a secret. Welcome to MobyCast, a show about the techniques and technologies used by the best cloud-native software teams. Each week, your hosts John Christensen and Chris Hickman pick a software concept and dive deep to figure it out. Welcome, Chris. It's another episode of MobyCast. Hey, John. It's good to be back. Hey, good to have you back. All right, so here we are in the middle of a two-parter. Um, we're talking about managing secrets and keeping those things safe and, and only in the hands of the code that needs it to run. So in the second part, what are we going to talk about, Chris? Well, we're, we're going to talk about, in the second part, we're going to get more into detail of comparing and contrasting the AWS offerings. So I'll say that part. And then you can tell us, what, what did we talk about last time, Chris? Sure, yeah. So, so last time, you know, we, kicked the, we kicked this off with you know what is a secrets management solution? Secrets management solution, and why do we need it? So we always, you know, our applications always have a need for access to some sort of sensitive data. Usually, whether it be like a database connection string, or passwords, or API keys, or trying to communicate with upstream dependencies. So managing our secrets is something that we just—it's something that we just need to do, and we want to do it the right way. So we we talked about. What are some guidelines for how do you do secrets management correctly? Um, and then we kind of walk through like what the what the options are for doing this. So we first kind of just for completeness, we, we kicked off by talking about it, just a simple method for doing secrets management that's kind of served served us well in the past, where it's just basically just using our, our standard encryption and decryption and just storing the, those secrets encrypted um, for when until we do need them. So. Uh, and that's just we, we walk through the a solution doing that with just using KMS and S3. So very very simple, but also pretty pretty robust. But not having nearly the the feature set that we we can now get with off the shelf solutions that are out there. So kind of talked about the the landscape out there with with various different secrets management solutions that do exist. And we talked about Vault from HashiCorp, which is very very popular, mature platform. Um, it's multi-cloud, it's hybrid, um, you you run it yourself, it's, it's self-hosted, um, so that gives it some pros and cons. And then we also talked about there's two two different systems from, from AWS, so there's Systems Manager Parameter Store, and there's also AWS Secrets Manager. And so we kind of talked about just broadly, like, what are the capabilities, the features of those three? Those three. Um, and then so today, now, we're going to pick that up and and first start off like, okay, well, what's the difference between parameter store and secrets manager? They sound really similar. And then once we get past that, then we'll talk about, well, how do we actually do this with our application and how do we integrate with these in particular for our ECS hosted containers? So at the end of today's episode, if you have some secrets that are improperly managed in code that you're working on, I can imagine what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to go to your boss, say, I have a new solution, and then 
you can copy paste one line of code out of mobicast.fm and be the hero of your team, right? <laughs> it, may, it, may, it, won't, it won't be that straightforward, <laughs> but believe it or not, I mean, it actually, like, if you do decide to use one of these, these AWS secrets management solutions, it's not a lot of effort. Right. So there is, there's a lot of bang for the buck here. And it may not be one line of code, but it, it, it may only be like three or four. Right. And I, you know, I, I think it's important to also point out that that's a joke because that's kind of not who we are. We're kind of not the copy paste one line of code people. That's not our. That's not what we believe in in terms of development. Oh, come on, John. Go to Stack Overflow, <laughs> right? Just, just copy just paste it. your way to to the top. Yeah. But but seriously, like if it is only three or four lines of code, it into those three or four lines of code are you know multiple hours worth of of you know thought and understanding and and foundational knowledge that everybody should have. So sure, sure, a couple lines of code, but let's let's actually unpack it yeah. into. Lots of conversation and, and thought, or even just getting to that point, right, where you know, like, yeah. okay, this this is the the solution. This is best practice. This is the right solution for me. And then now the so it's sometimes it's like the implementation ends up being like the easy part, right? Mm-hmm. What really is the hard part is like knowing which what what your solution should be. So the implementation might be the easy part, and there's lots to understand. So let's get into it. Let's talk about some of the differences between. Systems Manager Parameter Store and Secrets Manager. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we we kind of talked about, like these the the landscape, both of these systems, both Parameter Store and Secrets Manager, they allow you to store secrets, and they both support encryption of those those secrets, decryption. They integrate with with KMS, and so it's one of those things where it's kind of confusing. It's like, well, how do I pick between one <laughs> yeah. or the other, right? Like, yeah. There's these two. These two separate things that look really similar, um, you know, Secrets Manager in its name, obviously, it's dedicated purely to secrets. Parameter Store kind of gives it away, saying like this seems to be a bit more um, generic. And so, parameters in general, and those parameters, some of those could be secrets as well. So, so let's so let's talk about like okay, how they are you know similar. So they're they're both managed key store. Key value store services, right? Mm-hmm. So you you can you know have something with a key name, and there's a value associated with it, and this is a managed service for for storing and retrieving those. Likewise, the keys they can have prefixes, right? So just like we have prefixes with with S3, so that we can kind of have like this pseudo directory structure to things, right? And and kind of namespacing, you can do the same thing. Okay. With both of these, right? So you can have you know namespaces for you know, different environments, right? So like maybe it's one is for development and one's for staging and one's for, for production. And then then you can go drill down maybe into application and then maybe even like sub-application or something like that, right? So you can have a, a namespace built up that makes it easy to to have some organization around your these these key value pairs. I love how we talk about that so technically because it feels like we can have folders. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, cool, folders. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> oh, we can have namespaces and prefixes is just... It just feels a little geekier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, it ends up like this: the stuff you really kind of have to do, right? If you have more than one environment and more than one application, you're going to quickly find out, like, hey, I got to be organized here. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, before you know it, you're using secrets for your development environment and prod, or vice versa, or you're now just 
nothing's working, right? So you, right. you you've got to be organized with this stuff. Right. Well, and like the the business side of the company started to figure out that what folders meant. So we've got to make sure that it still feels like we're talking a foreign language when we talk to each other about what we're working on. So we're going to switch to using words like prefixes. That way they will have no sure. idea that we're just implementing folders. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> like, let's just call them partition keys. <laughs> yes. Be done with it. So as far as similarities go, so they both, as I said, they both are um, using, they do encryption and decryption. They are using, of course, KMS to, to do that encryption yep. and decryption. And both uh, both of these 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 stores allow the values to be referenceable in cloud formation templates, which is which is really nice. Um, and not just cloud formation, but there's a bunch of services that have now have integration and with these 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 services, so that you can reference values of secrets inside your scripts, um, templates, and and other places as well. So it can. Very without any really any lines of code, right? You can now reach out, have those secrets retrieved, decrypted, and made available to some other application. Is that reference something just like a an arn and then colon and then the prefix and then the secret name, like something as easy as that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the arn includes all that information, right? Okay. So the arn is fully describing. It's it's basically saying it has you know account, region, service, and then the actual. Name of the of the the key for the for the secret as well, right? Or the parameter as it may be. So that ARN is the full thing, and sometimes you can you don't have to use the full ARN. You can if depending on the service and depending on whether it's within the same account, um, you can use the like a tokenized alias or the short or or just the name of the key, right? So you can uh-huh. keep it really simple. So if like if your namespace was you know slash Moby slash development slash my app. You can just do that instead of the full ARN. Cool. Yeah. So let's talk about. So that's how they're similar. Um, so let's talk about some some of the key differences uh, between them. So uh, one of the ways they differ is just the types of values that they store. So parameter. So systems manager parameter store. So you get you can store either encrypted or unencrypted plain text data mm-hmm. into it, right? So. Mm-hmm. So you have that flexibility. So you, this is like the kind of the complete solution for all sorts of just parameters, configuration data, just any kind of key value pairs that you want to store. Parameter store will allow you to do that. And it has multiple different types of values. So you can have a, a list, you can have strings, you can have list of strings, um, and then you can have secure strings, which are, are encrypted. Um, Secrets Manager, on the other hand, the only thing it supports are encrypted values. So, which, which makes, I mean, it's again, the, the name kind of gives it away, right? It's a Secrets Manager. So, everything you store in, in Secrets Manager is going to be encrypted. I mean, that, I guess it's like, okay, this lets you do three things and this lets you do one thing. But the one thing is the same across both of them. So, I don't, I, unless I'm nervous that I'm going to forget to store my secrets encrypted, like, well, I could forget and accidentally store them unencrypted because Parameter Store will let me do that. I mean, that's potentially something to worry about. But otherwise, it still feels like there's not a clear winner here. Mm-hmm. Again, other than like if you ha- if you want like one solution to manage all things and some of that sh- doesn't need to be encrypted, um, then Parameter, yeah, there you store go. So you, then Parameter Store gives you that flexibility, right? It might so, be nice to not use two different services yes. if you know. You, okay, got mm-hmm. it. Yep. 
So let's talk about um, cost. So cost is actually one one area where these differ dramatically. Hmm. So with Systems Manager Parameter Store, there is no cost for parameters at the standard tier. And you can have up to 10,000 of these parameters um, per account, I believe that okay. that is, right? So so remember, this. So parameters are... No matter how two, often you access them, so you're accessing these parameters just nonstop, Mm-hmm. They they charge by the amount of parameters. So yeah, so so remember, so parameter store has those two tiers, right? The standard and advanced. And so we said with the standard, that is um, limited to a maximum size of four K bytes. Four K, yeah. And it is using your C. It's it's doing the encryption decryption directly with KMS mm-hmm. using this the CMK, right? Mm-hmm. So. And that's one of the reasons why it has that 4K limitation. But it, so, so if you are using standard tier parameters, um, again, you can have up to 10,000 of those. There's no cost. It doesn't matter how many times you access them. I mean, you will be subject to to throttling quotas um, if you go above it. So, like KMS has has quotas right across your account. So you can you can exceed that, and then you would be you know throttled. But okay. there's no cost right at okay. all for standard tier. Um, okay. Now, advanced tier parameters they will incur charges, so there is some some charging there. But but this is a big win for Parameter Store. So mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. it's free um, as long as you as long as your values are four K or less and you stay at the standard tier. This is free, and you remember to store them encrypted. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but unencrypted secrets cost uh, they're they're the same price. They're free as well. <laughs> um, just you may have some other cost, right? In the right. in doing in handling a security breach. <laughs> um, so secrets manager on the hand, it does cost, and so the cost here is pretty straightforward: um, forty cents a secret per month, and huh. looking at five cents for every ten thousand API calls. Okay. So, you know, if you have you know a hundred hundred secrets that you're managing that you have, right? That's that's forty bucks a month for just keeping those secrets in secrets manager, and then you know if you have lots of API calls and that may add to the cost as well. Yeah. So but what you, you do get a lot of additional functionality through Secrets Manager. So it's it's again it depends on depends on your use case what features you can take advantage of that you require um, will kind of help um, decide what you which you um, which one you will you'll choose. And so given that, so let's talk about like so what are the additional features then that Secrets Manager has that that parameter store doesn't. So again, parameter store is basically pretty straightforward and simple, right? You can have these strings, whether they be um, encrypted or unencrypted. There, you can store them, you can retrieve them. You know, that's that's about it. With the advanced tier, there are some additional features you can have. You can have some policies in place and whatnot. Parameter store does have, give you um, version history. You can see like um, things have changed and whatnot. But but that's basically it. Secrets Manager does have quite a few additional features. That you know may suit your use case a lot better, and it may provide a reason why you'd want to use it over Parameter Store. So one of those is it does support auto rotation of credentials. So this this is a really nice feature, especially some of the the integrations that it has for services like RDS. So yeah. if you have RDS databases. Um, when you create a, a secret in Secrets Manager, it's going to ask you what type of secret you want to create. One of those types is going to be this is RDS credentials, and so you basically just give it the username password for the for the RDS database that is stored as a secret. You can say you can then define a rotation policy on that, 
and Secrets Manager will handle everything else for you. So you can say how often you want that rotated. Secrets Manager will be responsible for generating a secure random secret for the for the password, and you don't have to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. So really, you know, pretty nice, complete end-to-end um, solution there for just making sure that your credentials are rotated with with your databases. Um, so that's what. So it's it's integrated with with RDS and. It's also integrated with um, DocumentDB um, and um, some other um, databases, uh, Redshift, I believe. Okay. So you also, if you have services um, that are not directly integrated in with, with Secrets Manager, it does give you a hook to manage your own rotation of keys, and it does this via Lambda functions. And so mm-hmm. that's something that it's... They give you templates, and it's pretty straightforward to do. So, if you, again, if you want to have auto rotation of credentials for other types of services, so it could be like you know upstream services, it could be other microservices in your um, in your organization, it could be services service secrets. Um, we've talked about that in previous episodes of, of MobyGas. How do you have microservices call each other securely? Um, right. So, rotation of those kinds of secrets. I mean, all that would be supported with Secrets Manager if you wanted to do that. And again, a nice integration hook through through Lambda. That is pretty cool. I like it. It is, especially for RDS, right? RDS, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those no-brainers. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so, so seamless. The, the only thing you have to do is just deal with the making sure whatever's using those secrets is rereading them um, when they do change, right? Right. Yes. Which is kind of like, from a detail standpoint, that, that's actually kind of, it could be a little tricky, right? Yeah. Um, to, to get it done right. Um, so so yeah. auto rotation of credentials is one of the, the big the big value adds that Secrets Manager gives you. Another one is it does do password generation through by you know basically generating random secrets. So it has that capability to generate these random secrets for you. Um, so I don't know about you, John, but like for me, whenever I have to go gener- generate some random secret, it's like you know what do I use? And um, you know a lot of times I'll just use like something like LastPass, right? To just generate mm-hmm. me a, a nice, secure, random secret with the kind of criteria I have. Well, Secrets Manager will do that for you as well. Right. I, uh, I just copy-paste code off of Stack Overflow and run it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, or just use password password, right? Like, that always works, right? If you want to be really tricky, maybe admin123. Like, yeah. So no, you don't, you don't have to do that anymore with um, Secrets Manager. So with Secrets Manager, it'll do that for you. Cool. And then also secrets can now be, can be shared across accounts with, with Secrets Manager as well. So it kind of gives you some, some cross-account capabilities um, there as well. So, so those are, um, you know, the key differences. I, I think, you know, for just, me, uh, I, I, I want to comment on the cross account thing because mm-hmm. I just think it's sort of funny, like just a sort of side note that, you know, best practices separate all of your environments by having separate accounts for each one of them. And like best practices, give every developer their own AWS account. And then as soon as everybody started doing that, like, all these features to be able to move data around and move it across accounts started coming into play. And it's like, ha ha, you guys are, you know, AWS, you're totally going to ruin this nice fence that you built between accounts eventually here. Just a side sort of unrelated to this whole conversation thought that I've been having lately, mm-hmm. like more and more features coming, coming around that make it easier and easier to blur the lines between accounts. Wait a minute. 
the whole point was to have those lines be pretty strict. They are. Um, this is kind of a security feature, right? Because like you imagine you could you would set up an account that is a very secured account with few people that have access to it, really locked down. And that's where you keep all your credentials. And so you only have a few people that can use that account to enter credentials. But then those credentials need to be retrieved by by other folks that are in that are um, separated, isolated in other accounts. So it's kind of I think it's kind of similar to like have an account purely for logging, where uh-huh. all your logs go to a single account. This is kind of like similar, where it's like you have an account where this is where all secrets are managed, uh-huh. and other people can basically subscribe to them and retrieve them, but the actual management of them is done by this one account. So that might be one of the the use cases here for for secrets manager and having that cross account capability. Okay, that makes sense. But I still want you to let me win this. <laughs> there's no so there's no doubt, right? Like the permutations that you can have with number of like regions, accounts, roles, um, users, policies, VPCs, endpoints, um, like everything else that goes on. I mean. It is it, it's super complicated. AWS organizations, you can use that and set that up. I mean, it can it get it can get really really complicated very very quickly. And right. there is so much variation here, and there's so many different permutations that mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty pretty quickly you can be up to your neck in right. in just like configuration hell. Right? Yes, but the other thing I'm saying is true. Like, I saw some new cross-account EBS features to make it easier to share data from an EBS drive across accounts. I saw new cross-account features around VPC communication. I saw new cross-account features around S3. And it's like, these are breaking down the barriers that people put up on purpose and then didn't like. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny to me that, that it's, it's the forever trade-off between security and ease of use. Yeah, yeah. And it's the practical solution is somewhere in between. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is in is really what it is. And so it's like trying to find that right mix and it depends, right, on different users. So big companies like their inflection point is going to be different than startup companies or, you know, small businesses. Um, right. And so being able to try to support all of that um, it's right. like becoming it, it just adds to the complication. Right. And, you know, one of the best, I mean, this is a real big tangent. We'll come back to ECS and just, or ECS secrets management in just a second. But one of the best things I've seen around cross account, um, why to have many accounts for, for your different environments, for example, or different developers is because it's really, you know, account limits are done at the, or sorry, AWS service limits are done at the account level. So you can only have a certain amount of VPCs or you can only spin up a certain number of load balancers, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's easy for some developer to accidentally write a script that spins up the wrong number of something or too many of something, and by doing and then by doing that, they've suddenly prevented production from being able to auto scale as needed, um, and then that could hamper you know production. Right? That'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a very very good reason to do multiple accounts. But I can so imagine a new feature coming out like. Introducing AWS service limits across organizations or introducing a way to share 
AWS service service limits across accounts. So now that you, you now you can like give some other account the unused services that this one account. You know, can't you imagine <laughs> so, that? Yes, yeah, service 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 limit bursting, yes, <laughs> burstability, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got to go back to it, but yeah, it's like those those barriers are weird and, and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. We cover a lot of information here on MobyCast, and if you've ever wanted to go back and remind yourself of something we talked about in a previous episode, it can be hard to search through our website and transcripts to find exactly what you're looking for. Well, now it's a lot easier. All you have to do is go to mobycast.fm/show-notes and sign up. We'll send you our weekly, super detailed outline that we use to actually record the show. A lot of times, this outline contains more information than we get to during our hour on the air. So sign up and get weekly MobyCast cheat sheets to all of our episodes delivered right to your inbox. Okay, ECS integration of CS. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we we've we've talked about like you know the various different services that we can use. yeah, I think like for me, the way I'm wrapping my head around this is that I really like Secrets Manager for database credentials, and so I think that totally makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And then for kind of like application specific sensitive data, um, so things like API keys or maybe some some uh, uh, upstream services credentials for upstream services. I think I, I like Parameter Store for that, just for its its simplicity. Um, yeah. So, so um, just something to keep in mind. Um, Parameter Store does provide some integration with Secrets Manager, so I, I believe you can use the you can go through Parameter Store to access Secrets Manager. Um, so you can have like the the one way of of doing it in your code. So um, something to consider as well. So. Let's talk about how do you actually use this with like a containerized application that's running on ECS. Um, so there's, as we talked about, there's pretty strong integration with these services with other AWS services like CloudFormation. So ECS is one of those as well, and it kind of works the same way regardless of whether you choose Secrets Manager or Systems Manager Parameter Store. Um, so let's kind of walk through that. This does apply to both types of launch types with ECS, so both EC2 and Fargate. And the way it works is, and I imagine this probably works the same way for ECS and EKS. Although we haven't really played with EKS that much. Um, yeah, e- EKS might be a little bit different. Um, it's definitely going to be different, um, and oh, I'm not okay. sure exactly what the integration story is there. It, it'll be clear once we kind of get into this on on how it's implemented. I see because you've got you're, you're we're going to talk about tasks, which is obviously not something that EKS even has. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. Right. So, um, so the way this works with ECS is at the end of the day, you're going to be injecting that sensitive data into your containers as environment variables. Um, so we kind of talked about this last time about environment var- variables being one of those, those common ways for having secrets available to your containerized application. And again, for the most part, that is a very secure way to do it. There is a small chance of leakage, but Someone would have to be able to have root access in order to to see that and, and to get access to that. So the way you do this is um, you're going to be specifying parameters in the task definition file for your task um, for your containers as name value pairs, and so it's going to go in a very specific um, area in your 
um, task definition file. And it's kind of um, maybe a little uh, unfortunate or just kind of uh, just something you need to be aware of that there's, there's, there's actually two areas of your task definition file that you, you can have secrets. One is for the, the application itself um, for your containers. And for that, you're going to use the secrets parameter. So that's the actual name of the parameter is called secrets. If you need to access secrets in your logging configuration, then that parameter is called secret options. Um, <laughs> not, not sure why they have to be different names and the disparity, the, the, the being so asymmetric, um, but it is what it is. So for the most part, people, I think, you know, your, your secrets are going to be on your container basis. So you probably just be using that secrets parameter. But if you do have a logging configuration where you do need secrets because of the integration you're using for whatever log provider you have, then you would be, you'd be referenced into it as the secret options parameter. So just something to keep in mind. And so, so what you do to define these, right, is so, so inside that, that task definition file, you, you go to this secrets um, key in the, in, the, in the JSON. And then for that, you now have an array of secrets um, specified as, as, as um, objects. And so for each object, it's, it's just a key value pair. The key, it's going to have um, a name and then a value, sorry. So, so the name is going to be specified. That's basically specifying the environment variable name that'll be exposed to the container. And then the value, that's going to be the ARN of the secret that you want to reference. And so that ARN can be either be referenced in an, uh, a, a systems man- manager parameter store secret or an AWS secrets manager param- st- uh, value, mm-hmm. right? Makes sense. So you're defining it there, and then once your code is running, then you can just refer to the environment variable, uh, the names of the secrets with as environment variable names, right? Right. Like, yeah. So 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 just I mean it, it it it'll just be an environment variable that's now available to your um, to your application uh, running inside that container. So you can use whatever stack specific ways of doing it. So if you're using Node, right, it's the process env object. To go and access that, so whatever you use for the name of it, right? It's like my maybe it's called my secret, right? So you process and my secret, and now you have access to that inside your application. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I imagine this has changed by now, but uh, earlier this year when I was doing stuff with Secrets Manager with Lambda, I actually had to go make Secrets Manager API calls from Lambda to go get my secret by name and then make it available to the rest of the Lambda function. So I wrote mm-hmm. a little. Mm-hmm. A little code to go do that, and this mm-hmm. is like way easier than that, right? And so you, you probably still have to do that with Lambda, um, but so this is a nice integration point for ECS, right? It just makes it really, really easy um, to do, right? No code, you're just updating the task definition file, and you're choosing like, hey, what's the environment variable name, and then here's the ARN for my for my secret. I'm guessing that in EKS it's probably similar, but just with the the whole concept of pods instead of task definitions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it would be kind of a, a no brainer there. Yep. Yeah. Um, so something to keep in mind. So this this sent, obviously this this data is going to be injected when the container is started, right? So right. Um, if you want a different secret value, you've got to restart your container. Exactly right. So any any subsequent updates to that sensitive data after the container started, such as like credential rotation, 
your container is not going to see that, right? It's not going to change. So you're going to have to recreate that container. Um, it's going to have to just, yeah, just restart it, right? So, so quit that one and spin up a new one because it's only going to read it when they're on on a knit. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing you can do is you can use um, when you're if you're using. ECS with a service. So if you actually have a service defined, right, you can then just go and update your service. You don't have to change anything. You can just click the force new deployment option. Um, and then that will cause ECS basically just to terminate the existing task and spin up new ones with the same task definition file, which doesn't change, right? It's because it's the, the value has changed inside secrets manager or inside um, parameter store. I'm imagining making a little a little thing that whenever you update a secret, it would send like a little notification that then would do that, right? Like just sort of an auto auto magic. Oh, you change the secret, go blast all the containers away and and make new ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do that. It's it's really pretty straightforward, right? So it's like again, like if you're doing it as an ECS service, it's literally just making an API call to say update service with. Force new deployment. Um, right. I was thinking though, what, whether you could do it with no code. Like, I don't know if you can fire, like, have a have a alert, sort of like a CloudWatch alert, get fired when a secret gets changed. But if you could, and then you could, uh, you'd probably need to write a lambda at the very least, um, a lambda that would go tell tell that service to restart. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you could do all that with no code using Event Bridge. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Leave that Very as an ex- exercise for the reader, or maybe a little extra credit. Let us know if you if you figure out how to do that. Yeah, uh, let us know. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'd like to read that. Yeah. So guess what? Um, we're not done. Um, oh. So if we just did that, it wouldn't work, right? So because you know what we're missing, our good old friend IAM permissions mm-hmm. and roles and policies. Right, mm-hmm. because otherwise this is a big gaping security hole, right? If you could just, <laughs> you know, any any ECS task is able to go read secrets. Um, yes, like that's not good, right? So there's there's some things that we have to do from a from a security posture in order to to make this happen. And it, I like I can read, but I remember that we were doing uh, roles by task instead of roles by the. EC2 instance that runs all of our containers because roles by task helps us have different tasks with different roles and different capabilities. So one task might need secrets, another might not. One task might need to put stuff in S3, another task might not. So we'll do a task task execution role to um, to give it access to the secrets manager and to the particular secret within the secret secrets manager, right? Yeah, absolutely. So th- this is one of those ones too, where it may help go back to episode eighty-six mm-hmm. um, when we were talking about serverless containers with Fargate, where we really went into detail on the various roles um, used by ECS. And so there's two roles to keep in mind here. One is that this is the there's task-based IAM roles, and so that is the IAM role that's used by your application when your application makes calls to AWS um, services. And so that we definitely recommend, like, hey, you should, instead of using the default instance role, right, and, and basically doing it at the host level, do your permissions at the container level using a task-based IAM role. The 
other role is this task execution role, which kind of uh, sounds yeah. like the same. Yes, I just confused it, right? I just totally mixed it up. Yep. It, but it is. It, it's it's really is kind of confusing with all these names. But the task execution right, and we we put out an AWS wish list item to na- rename this to task management role. Mm-hmm. That would be so much clearer. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, ugh, just name things in a way that makes it so that you know, like somebody reading it can be like, oh, I, that must do this. And if I read task execution role, it's like, oh, that must be the role that is, you know, used when the task is executing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just bummed by, by that poor choice. Right. Yes. So, um, but that's what we're here for, right? Is to uh, to help clear that up and to, <laughs> to, to point that stuff out. I was involved in the making of episode eighty six. <laughs> yeah, you get a C minus <laughs> on the quiz. <laughs> anyway, and I think I complained about it then too. So here we. I'll never ever remember this. Yes, uh, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so task execution role. So that is the role that's used by the EC, ECS agent to make AWS API calls on your behalf, right? So we use that back for Fargate because we needed that in order for the Fargate test to be able to pull a container image from ECR. Um, and then now we need it so that um, our container can, um, the agent can go make these calls to either Secrets Manager or Parameter Store on our behalf and Create those environment variables and inject them into our container, right? Which is not our that that is not done by our actual application, right? It's outside right. of our application, right? So that's why it ha- it's a, it's a separate role. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we need to uh, set up our task execution role. So we, so one we have to make sure if our if our task definition is not specifying a task execution role, we're going to need to to do that, right? So to pick a pick pick a role to be used for this particular purpose. And so if we go in and we try to update our task definition file, right, to add these secrets into it, if we don't specify the task execution role in that, you're going to get an error inside, sure. even in the console. The console, which, which is actually, which is nice, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was actually kind of a pleasant surprise because yeah. I could have seen, like, instead this working, like, oh, I just made my update. I added secrets section to it. Um, now I go and update my service with this new task definition file. And then it's just like maybe just something just doesn't work, right? Yeah. And it kind of yeah. like silently fails. So at least right. there's some there's some validation there to let you know, hey, you're missing something. Yeah, like the, the classic would be like undefined environment variable, right? Like, huh, mm-hmm. why isn't this yeah. environment variable defined? Yeah, why yeah, why isn't it working? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so we'll have to specify the task execution role inside the, the, the task definition itself when we when we specify the secrets. And then um, in addition to that, we're Obviously, we're going to have to make sure that the, that role has access to the required um, APIs um, that it's going to need in order to do this. So, for if you're using Systems Manager Parameter Store, then you're going to just make you want to make sure that it has the SSM Git Parameters action is is one of the um, uh, operations that it can do. And then if you're using Secrets Manager, then it's going to be Secrets Manager. Get secret value um, is going to be the action. So, so you want to put that as part of the um, the po- you add that to a policy, IAM policy, and attach it to that role, um, the task execution role, so that it has access to secrets manager or SSM. 
Um, and then, you know, a best practice would obviously be to further lock that down and specify resources that it can do this on. Um, right, so right. The actual, the actual ARNs for like the secrets, if it, if it, if it makes sense, if it's a, if it's a limited scope or, or, um, uh, you know, a, a handful, then, you know, it makes sense to, to go ahead and lock it down there. You mentioned just now two specific policies that you need to add to the role. Um, and they are not in the show notes that are going to be on the web page, mm-hmm. um, which I know probably already the mid roll went where I was, where I'm like, hey, uh, get our show notes, have them sent to your email. But let's talk about that more specifically. Those are probably handy. Like knowing knowing that and being able to refer back to that would be nice. If you're listening to this and your memory is anything like mine is, uh, it'd be nice to be able to go and see one place where it's like, oh, what was the detail of what he said there without having to go back and listen again? Uh, yeah. So that's an example of the detail that's in the show notes that come to your email versus the detail that's on our webpage. So little plug for that. Yeah, and and you'll find out pretty quickly. Like this is a problem, right? So like because if you don't have these permissions applied to that task execution role, then you'll be able to, to update your task definition file. You'll be able to update your service and roll out, um, spin up your containers where they're going to go out and try to fetch these secrets. And actually what will happen is that your container will be stopped. It'll actually fail. Mm. And you're, you're going to get a, you're going to get a, you'll, if you then go in and see what the results are and like why it stopped, um, you'll see like an error message that says something like the stopped reason was fetching secret da- data from secrets manager, um, access denied exception to the user, which is kind of interesting um, to see because the user is going to show you it's an assumed role using STS from the task execution role. And then it's just going to say it's not authorized to perform get secret value on this particular resource. So You'll find out really quickly, right? That yeah. you're missing this. That's and interesting actually, that it, it just shuts you, down your container. That is it does, yeah. So yeah. It, it just you will you will it will fail to spin up uh-huh. um, because of this. Um, right, so it's right. pretty much it is it is a very hard fail, right? It's not a it's not a, a silent soft fail. It is a in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, you are now broken type thing. Mm-hmm. So so very important um, to update your task execution role um, to have that that capability. Well, super cool. We did it. We talked about secrets. We did. We did. And hopefully, I mean, it, you know, for your, your containerized applications on ECS, managing your secrets now using either Secrets Manager or Parameter Store, it is just really pretty easy. Like once you get over these, like, okay, you got to you gotta make sure that you, you have the right roles and, and policies attached to them. But after that, it's really just you can have someone that's responsible, you know, have some way of responsibly creating these secrets inside one of those, those systems. But then after that, just fetching that information is just so simple. It's just updating your task definition pile. Right. And the two hard parts that remain are still like rotating secrets for anything outside of RDS or the other integrated services. Like that could be a little tricky still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, reacting to secrets that changed. Um, if you are rotating those secrets, like dealing with that in the rest of your code, that yep. could be a little tricky still. Yeah, the good news there there is um, there is a new service uh, with Systems Manager that basically deals with that. Like, how do you how do you if you do have updates, how do you notify um, other 
subscribers to, that are that is using that information and how do they get notified? So there is a a um, a really very very new service that AWS just recently announced, um, and that is uh, it's called AWS App Config. And okay. it's now, this is a new capability of systems manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely something to, to look into there as well. Awesome. Sounds like everybody's going to stay employed if they just keep using AWS stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it, I mean, it's, it's a natural extent, right? We just talked about like, yeah. oh, these are the hard parts, right? So, I mean, it totally makes sense. Like, right, yeah. Whenever there's the hard, hard parts, parts for everyone, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny because we, um, for one of our clients, we actually built this right because we mm-hmm. had the same problem right so we we basically had to build that we built this configuration service right so that we could make updates it could be managed centrally and then when updates were made notifications went out to all subscribing um, applications that they could then reload that information yes yes so, yeah that's such so, a that's a common problem yeah. yeah yeah so now we we can we can fold that down and and use something like app config instead super cool Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I got to run. I got things to do. So do you, listeners. Thanks, John. All right. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being aboard with us on this week's episode of MobyCast. Also, thanks to our producer, Roy England, and I'm our announcer, Stevie Rose. Come talk to us on MobyCast.fm or on Reddit at r slash MobyCast. 